no matter what I've had to go through, those things that I thought was going to take me out, those things I thought I'd never recover from, I stand before you today and tell you God's been good, been with me every step of the way, and uh, he's proved himself faithful, and I do appreciate it, and I love to hear my youngins sing and play that. And uh, I pray it was a blessing to you. All the singing was good tonight. And uh, I appreciate every bit of that. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter number 11. This is going to be one of them messages. Is everybody all right? And uh, anyhow, uh, I'll try to preach it and uh, be nice to y'all, but I ain't promising nothing, all right? And uh, I won't be mean about it. Y'all might get mad, but if y'all do, it'll be at the Lord. And not at the preacher, all right? And uh, I used to do this. When I preach, I'd tell them, i say, now y'all say, I love my preacher. And they'd say, I love my preacher. And then they'd be all mad, leave the church and everything else afterwards, all right? Uh, but anyhow, First Kings chapter number 11. If you're there, say amen. amen. And uh, pretty easy book to find uh, there in the Old Testament. Uh, let me give you some background and we can, uh, we can move on, all right? So... Uh, in 1 Kings chapter number 11, uh, David has gone on to be with the Lord, and his son Solomon is now king over all of Israel, a united Israel, all right? Uh, at this point in chapter number 11, at the beginning of it, uh, it is a, uh, a united kingdom. Uh, it won't be the case by the time we get through tonight, all right? Uh, but just so you have a little background, we're coming to the end of Solomon's reign. And Solomon has a problem with the ladies. Uh, he has been called in Scripture, and he most definitely was, the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth. Uh, he was the wisest man of his time, and he was the wisest man of any sense. Uh, although I find that hard to believe. And First uh, uh, Kings chapter number 11 and verse number 1 I'll begin reading and you can judge for yourself how smart this man was. The Bible says, but King Solomon loved many strange women. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabites and Ammonites and Edomites and Zidonians and Hittites. And of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had 700 wives. Let's just all stop for just a few moments and take that in. And this was the man that God called the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth. I need somebody to help me. Apparently, they didn't all live with him. Apparently, they didn't all share the same bathroom. I need some help. Apparently, <laughs> he didn't have to take them shopping much. 700 wives, princesses. And on top of that, 300 concubines. A thousand women that this man was trying to negotiate life with. And the Bible says, and his wives turned away his heart. It's always been a, a woman, fellas. 
<laughs> I'm picking. Good Lord, y'all are a tough crowd tonight, all right? Verse number four. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. I'm not going to preach on this, but I find it very interesting. The Bible tells us that David's heart was perfect with the Lord. Many of us know the sins of David. We can name them. We can go through and boy, we can point out what David did. But I want you to know, as far as God was concerned, his heart was perfect with him when David died. That, I don't know about y'all, but that's where I want to be. I, 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 I'm sure I'll make a lot of mistakes on the way, even from here to now, till then. But I, I want to die right with God. Is everybody all right? And the Bible says that Solomon wasn't in that place. Now, uh, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and of course, at the end of his life, uh, that was towards the end, or believed to be towards the end of his life. And it could be that Solomon repented later in life. Excuse me. And that Solomon uh, 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 did get right with the Lord at the end of his life. But here in this particular passage of Scripture, Solomon is not in alignment with God. And because of that, God has a plan that is going to take place for the entire nation of Israel. You'll remember as I started off, I said that Israel was a united nation at this time. All right, but the Bible tells us here in the next few chapters that God was going to rend this uh, nation of Israel, and He was going to give it to two individuals. One of those individuals would be Solomon's son, whose name was Rehoboam. All right, Rehoboam, uh, he was the rightful heir to the throne as far as the lineage of David and as far as the lineage of Solomon. So he came through the line of David and he would have been king and should have been king, but yet God was fixing to do a work because of the apostasy of Solomon. Solomon had walked away from God and did not walk with God as his father did. And so God is now going to bring judgment on the nation of Israel and on the house of David. All right. And uh, he won't bring that. And you'll have to read the scripture. But God laid it out and said it exactly like that. His judgment was going to come on Judah and on the house of David. It would not be forever. As we know, Jesus all right, came out of the tribe of Judah. Jesus came out of the lineage of David. Jesus is the right heir to the throne of David, which, which throne was established forever, all right? But at this time, God is bringing a punishment or a judgment upon this. And God is going to rend the kingdom. In this rending of the kingdom, Jeroboam, or, or Rehoboam rather, the son of Solomon, is going to end up with two tribes. Now, God was only going to give him one, and that was the tribe of Judah, because that's where Jerusalem laid. But he ends up with not only Judah, but Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin comes in with that. So you have the southern kingdom, uh, that their king is Rehoboam, and there's two tribes in that. And there's another man that's mentioned here in 1 Kings chapter number 11 that we're going to preach on tonight. His name was Jeroboam. 
All right. Jeroboam was not a son of Solomon. A matter of fact, he was from the tribe of Ephraim. But God chose him out, all right? And the Bible tells us about Jeroboam in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 26. It says, And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephrathite uh, of, let's say, an Ephrathite of Zerida, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. All right, so uh, we're fixing to learn something about Jeroboam. We learn who he is, we learn where he came from, but the Bible tells us that he lifted up his hand against Solomon. And then the Bible tells us this is the reason why. So we got like a parenthetical, if you will. It's like a, par uh, a parenthesis right here in the middle of the chapter where God is going to give us some background, all right? And so he says that the reason that Jeroboam lifted up his hand against King Solomon was because of a prophecy. The Bible tells us, that in verse number 29, and it came to pass at the time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, found him in the way, and he clad himself with a new garment, and they too were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, take thee 10 pieces. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of, thy, out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to thee. So here, God is putting this man and exalting this man by the name of Jeroboam. God chose this man out. Does everybody see that? Uh, I, my first point, if you're taking notes in the sermon, I want you to notice his appointment. He was appointed by God. God appointed this man to be king over 10 nations or over 10 tribes of Israel. And he appointed him to do so with a blessing. So we see his prophecy, we see the prophecy of his appointment, but we see the person. And I want you to get a hold of this. God is the one that chose Jeroboam. Everybody say that with me. God is the one that chose Jeroboam. All right? Now I want you to, I want you to keep that in mind. Say, preacher, why are we keeping that in mind? Because God had chose you and me. I need somebody to say amen. We can relate with Jeroboam. I wasn't appointed. I didn't get saved because of some man. God loved me first. The Bible says he loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, and I was a whosoever that believed in him, shall not perish but have everlasting life. God chose me in Christ before the foundations of the world according to the Bible. And so, just like Jeroboam, I have an appointment and I have been chosen by God. But I notice this, God gave him an assurance. Check this out. He says this, but in verse number 32, we'll continue reading. He says, but he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. That's a little important note too. 
God chose Jerusalem for a specific thing. And that was a place that he would put his name on. I'll go over here and say it on this side. So everybody gets it. He chose Jerusalem. In the Old Testament, Jerusalem, we're going to go to Jerusalem in March. Man, I'm excited about it. Amen. But hey, he chose Jerusalem and he put his name on it. Just like he did the church. Is everybody all right? I'll get back over here. And so we have here, the Bible says that God took 10 tribes and gave them to Jeroboam. He left one tribe in the hands of Rehoboam. And we, as we've already learned, I've told you already, the Benjamites joined Judah, that one tribe that was given to Rehoboam, and they became two, all right? Verse number 33, because they have forsaken me and have worshipped, Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and Chemosh, the god of the Moabites, and Milcom, the god of the uh, uh, children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in mine eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments as David his father. So the whole reason that God is doing this is because Solomon walked away from God. I need a, I need a daddy to hear me in here right now. The, the whole reason that the legacy of David, the legacy of Solomon was in jeopardy in this chapter is because Solomon wasn't the father he should have been, wasn't the leader he should have been, wasn't the man of God that he should have been. Amen. And so God brought judgment on the nation of Israel because of her king, because of her leader that did not lead as he was supposed to. He says this, Howbeit I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. Another commandment of David. He said, God said that he kept his commandments and his statutes. But the Bible says this, let me move on. And the Bible says in verse number uh, 37, let's move on down to that. We're talking to Jeroboam here, God is. And he says, and I will take thee and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desireth and shalt be king over Israel. This is a promise from God. He is going to give the kingdom 10 tribes to Jeroboam, a man who is not in David's lineage. He's given him a gift. Is everybody all right? It's grace, if you will. And he is showing it here to Jeroboam. And in verse number 38, listen to this verse. And it shall be. This is a promise from God to Jeroboam. And it shall be if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee and will walk in my ways and do that is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did. Check this out. That I will be with thee and build thee a sure house as I built for David and will give Israel unto thee. A man that had no right to the throne, a man that had no claim to it, and God exalts him out of nothing. The son of a widow, his father died at an early age, if you go back in Scripture, 
raised by a widow. He was exalted by God and given the kingdom. And God said, if you will serve me, if you will walk with me, if you will follow me, I will make your house a sure house, just as I did David's. Wow. Is everybody all right? That's a, I, don't, I need somebody to help me. That's a pretty good promise. I mean, I, I'm down with it. God comes to me and tells me all of that. I'm like, yes, sir. Amen. Right? And so you would think, man, all is right. Everything's going to be okay. But verse 39 says, And I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. And verse 40 says, Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam. Now we can look at this and say Solomon was wrong. But we got to remember this was, a, this was parentheses. Remember that? Everybody remember that? The Bible tells us that Jeroboam lifted up his hand against Solomon. That's why Solomon was going to kill him. In other words, Jeroboam rebelled against Solomon. And as king, Solomon would have done what any other king was going to do. And that was eliminate the threat. So it's not because Solomon knew that he was going to be the next king. It was because... Jeroboam knew he was going to be the next king. I want you to think about what I just said. Solomon wasn't trying to kill Jeroboam because Solomon knew that he was going to be the next king. Solomon was going to kill Jeroboam because Jeroboam knew that he was going to be the next king. Y'all looking at me like I just confused y'all. And we all ask the question, why doesn't God just tell me what I'm going to be doing? This is why. Because God told Jeroboam, you're going to be king. And so all of a sudden, what did Jeroboam do? He decided he was going to rebel against God's anointing. He was going to rebel against the king of Israel. He was going to make it happen on his own. I need somebody. Y'all better help me tonight. I, I, I was told I got, I, I fell under conviction this week. Somebody was telling me, I say, I tell y'all to say amen too much. And I tell y'all to do all these other things too much. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just good to me and I just need to say amen. But I, I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking this. This man had every opportunity in the world. He had a promise from God, but he still tried to do things on his own. And how many of you are just like me? We have done that before know that God's trying to work in our life and say, look here, God, I got this. It's all right if you just sit down for a little bit, God. I'll make all this good. I'll handle all of this. We'll get there a lot faster if you'll let me handle this, God. Then about, I need somebody to help me about a year into it. Like, God, where are you? God said, you told me to sit down. You talk, remember you left me <laughs> I, I was there with you I wanted to be with you but you left me because you wanted you wanted to achieve it before it was ready you wanted to grab hold of it before it was ready for you so we learned a little bit about Jeroboam and the fact that he ain't very patient 
How many can identify with that? I'm going to go ahead and tell you all I can identify with that, all right? I am not a patient person whatsoever. I don't want to be patient. I don't pray for patience. And I don't want you to pray for me for have patience. Matter of fact, don't even pray for me at all if all you're going to do is pray for patience. I don't want it. All right, is everybody all right? Here, he's not a very patient man. He's gotten the appointment of God, but number two, he got the assurance of God. God told him that I'm going to make you a kingdom and it's going to have ten tribes and I'm going to hand it over to you. And he says, and I'm going to be good to you. His kind, not only the kingdom, but his kindness. He says, not only am I going to give you the kingdom, but I'm going to be kind to you if you will follow me. That's the assurance that Jeroboam got. Is everybody all right? But this is the whole message tonight. <laughs> I want us to look at, we've seen the appointment of Jeroboam. We've seen the uh, assurance of Jeroboam. But I want you to notice the apostasy of Jeroboam. It begins in chapter number 11. With Jeroboam being impatient and trying to make things happen that God told him was going to happen anyway. That's right. I mean, is everybody all right with me? And boy, don't we get messed up when we try to get ahead of God. I, I give an illustration one time. I was preaching in, uh, here at the church, and I give an illustration, and I got some of the boys up, and I was talking about an offensive lineman and how a running back has to stay behind the offensive line. You watch them guys run when I was growing up, I, I can remember the running backs. Uh, uh, our coach would tell them, man, you hit that hole wide open and you just go. But nowadays you watch them guys and they're, they're back there tiptoeing and following these big old boys, right? Because they, the longer they can stay behind them big old boys, the less likely they're going to get tackled, all right? Now, that, if you're a Georgia fan, you understand stuff like that. If not, then your team gets tackled a lot, all right? But anyhow, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I had to throw it in there, all right? I, I, anyhow... Jeroboam was one that got out in front of his blockers. He got out in front of the assurance of God. He, he stepped out and said, I'm going to make this happen in my timetable. All right? And the Bible says that God gave him the kingdom, but it was after Solomon died. And so Solomon dies at the end of uh, chapter number 11. And in going into chapter number 12, at the beginning of chapter 12, the land or the nation is given, is divided in uh, uh, two parts. And man, I wish I had time to preach this because Rehoboam was dumb too. All right, Rehoboam had a chance. He could have united, kept the kingdom united, but he took counsel from the wrong person. And uh, man, I, I sent out a devotion this morning about the multitude of counsel. And man, I'm telling you, it's important. And he had two people that was in it. Well, he had two groups of people that was in his ear. He had some older men that was in his ear that gave him good advice. He had some younger men that was in his ear that gave him bad advice. And he followed the younger men and he rent the kingdom. All right. Is everybody okay? Now, we move into chapter number 12. And we get to verse number 25, all right? I want you to move to chapter 12, and we're going to start reading in verse number 25 and remind you we are talking about the apostasy of Jeroboam. When we talk about the word apostasy, it means a total desertion, all right? This is what I want you to know tonight. Jeroboam was exalted by God. He was lifted up. He was chosen by God, and he was given some assurances from God. But he walked away from God. And it's something that I'm seeing happen in our churches even today still. This spirit of Jeroboam 
This spirit of Jeroboam that wants things my way, when I want them, how I want them, and I ain't going to be satisfied unless I get it that way. I want you to look at Jeroboam and we will do our best to try to reconcile what Jeroboam did with what we're seeing today. All right, everybody with me? All right, verse number 25 of chapter 12, the Bible says, Then Jeroboam built Shechem and Mount Ephraim and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. Now, let me stop right here because I missed a verse that I wanted to read to y'all. It was just one verse, uh, but in verse number 20 it says, And it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, that they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all uh, Israel. There was none that followed the house of David but the tribe of Judah only, all right? So just to get where, where we're at, he is now king. We go back to verse 25, and now he is building cities. He builds Shechem and Mount Ephraim, and then he built Penuel, all right? Verse 26, and Jeroboam said in his heart, I don't know how many of you like to mark in your Bible, but every time I see somebody that says something in their heart, it's usually a bad thing. I need somebody to help me. Our heart is desperately wicked. I hear this out of people all the time. Preacher, I just know in my heart, <laughs> you better be careful. Because that, that heart will lead you in the wrong place. I, man, I, I didn't come here to preach this, but I will. Y'all get quiet. All these little girls around here, young girls running around here in their 20s and everything. Oh, I just know in my heart he's the one. Then a year after y'all get married, preacher, he was the devil. Well, if you wouldn't have been listening to your heart, God would have told you that. I need somebody. To... Yeah. I just know in my heart that this is the right move for me and my family, preacher. Six months down the road, you ain't in church no more. I just know in my heart that this, this, this business decision is the right one. Six months later, you're in my office. Preacher, I got to have relief. I just know in my heart that this purchase, preacher, is, is what God wants us to do. Is everybody all right? It's amazing how many people God's told to buy a new car. I'll leave that and go right on. The Bible says, and Jeroboam said in his heart, now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel. Mm. He took counsel. Wasn't good counsel. Because the Bible says, and he made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee, up, or brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel and the other put he in Dan. And this thing became a sin. For the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. And he made a house 
of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the 15th day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. By the way, the feast in Judah was on the seventh month. Is everybody seeing what he's doing? Is everybody getting an idea of what he's doing? He's changing everything. He makes up his own feast. He gives it to him on the eighth month, on the 15th day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made, and he placed in Bethel the priest of the, high, uh, of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel the 15th day of the eighth month. E listen, listen. Even in the month which he had devised of his own heart and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. Here is a man that had everything at his fingertips. God said, I will make your house a sure house if you'll follow me and keep my commandments, keep my statutes as your father did or as David did. I will establish your house and make it a sure house. He had that promise. But he deserted God. Listen to me. We've had people come in here. I've watched people come into the church. Family a wreck. Husband and wife about to be separated. Kids rebelling kids just just being teenagers but kids just rebelling at every way and every cause down on the altar crying and asking God to do something and God began to move in their lives God began to work situations out God began to put his blessings on their life only for them to turn around after it was all said and done and walk away walk right back out the door go right back hey God thank you for fixing things I'm on I'll catch you later. God, if, if the problem arises, we'll be back. Preacher, we'll come back to church one day. Preacher, we'll show back up in church one day. It might take the death of a child. It might take the, the, the hospitalization of a child. It might, take, uh, it might take something in our family being blown up again. But, but preacher, we ain't forgot where church is. We appreciate all you did for us. Thank you, God. Had the promises of God at their fingertips. And then walked away the same way that he did. I notice the apostasy of Jeroboam. He, it, 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 we see his apostasy concerning God's will. God told him, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you the kingdom. But yet he said in his heart that the people are going to leave me and go to Rehoboam. Do y'all see that? God told him, I'm giving you this kingdom. I'm giving you, I'm establishing this kingdom. I'm giving you, I'm making you king over ten nations or over ten tribes. 
I'm giving this to you. But he said in his heart, nah, they'll all leave me. And so, not only do I see his apostasies concerning God's will and his rebellion against Solomon, his running from Solomon and his return, but then I see his apostasy against, uh, uh, against God concerning God's worship. Stay with me. This is the one that really got me. We look at it, and you, you picked out things that he did. He changed where they worshiped. How many of y'all caught that? Amen. He made two places for them to worship, one in Bethel and one in Dan. And that wasn't good enough, so he made high places. And he didn't have the priests behind him because they could only be Levites. And so he made priests out of the lowest of the people. In other words, people with no qualifications. People that had no business being priests. He made them priests. And then he offered sacrifices on altars that he should have never done that on. God prescribed a place, Jerusalem, he put his name on that place. A matter of fact, when Solomon built his temple and Solomon built that great temple, God came down in a cloud on that temple and the entire nation of Israel watched as God put his stamp of approval on where they were to worship. He said, I'm going to lose everybody, so I'm going to change some things up. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. Too long of a trip. Too hard to get up. You can't get up early enough and get dressed and everything to make it to Jerusalem. So I'm just going to make you a place in Bethel. I'm going to make you another place in Dan. And I know, I know how lazy you are. So I'm going to make some high places. Here's what he was saying. I'm going to make it real convenient for you. In other words, it ain't going to be a sacrifice for you to go to church. It ain't going to be a sacrifice for you to serve God. I'm going to make it real convenient where you can sit at the house and watch a TV. I'm going to make it real convenient for you where you can sit at the house and watch a computer. You just log in to Facebook Live and complain the whole time that you're watching Facebook Live because everything ain't like it's supposed to be. Going to make it convenient for you. We're going to bend over backwards because you're too sorry to be at church. I'm having fun. Everybody else having fun? We're going to bend over backwards because you're too sorry to come to church. Well, I can't come to church. I, I can't come to church because my bunion's hurting. Is everybody all right? Some of you do good to cut that toe off and get to Jesus. I need somebody to help me. He had to change things. And this is what we're doing today. We're serving God out of convenience. Listen to me, the spirit of Jeroboam, he knew what he was doing. He knew what the people wanted. And what they wanted was an easy, convenient way to serve God and have all his blessings. So he changed the location of where they had to worship. Man, you ain't got to do all that traveling. You ain't got to get ready. You ain't got to do all, just, just go right over here. You can worship God in a boat. You can worship God in a tree. You can worship God on a golf course. 
You can worship God at a Kmart blue light special. You can worship God on the lake. lake. Come on, y'all. We can worship God on the beach. We can worship God in the mountains. He, man, he knew what people wanted. And it's the same thing people want today. Make it convenient, preacher. He changed the object of worship. He changed the object of worship. Can I say this? We've changed the object of worship. Romans chapter number one says that we would as mankind change the object of worship and we have. He did it too. He made two golden calves and said, these be the gods that delivered you. Is everybody all right? It's amazing to me that God didn't kill him right there on the spot. I mean, they'd already gone through this. It's amazing to me that the nation of Israel didn't have enough, uh, uh, enough knowledge of history to say, hold on a minute. Early in our nation's history, we went down this road. A lot of people lost their lives because we made a golden calf. And now you done made two. But it was okay. The people didn't have a problem, Brother Edwin, because it was convenient. It was convenient. It was nice to have two places instead of having to go all the way to Jerusalem. It was nice to just go next door instead of having to travel. He changed the object of worship. He changed the observation of worship. Said, no, hey, Jerusalem ain't the place. You ain't got to go to Jerusalem, even though God had put his name on it. He said, you ain't got to go there. He changed the occasion of worship. He said, you ain't got to go when God says either. <laughs> you ain't got to go when God says either. You ever heard this from your family? Why y'all got to go to church every time the doors are open? What you ought to do is say, well, I love God because he saved me. I love Jesus so much because he saved me. It's not a burden for me to go to church. Matter of fact, I counted a joy that God would even allow me to come into his presence and worship him in a church house. But instead, we say, well, I guess it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be too bad if we miss this Sunday. And next Sunday, we're on vacation. And the next Sunday, we got a ball tournament. And the next Sunday, we got practice for the next tournament. Preacher, we'll be back. He changed the object of worship. He changed the observation of worship. He changed the occasion of worship. And he changed the order of worship. I know God said that we needed the Levites to be priests. But we'll just let anybody, it doesn't matter if he's qualified or not, stand up there. Boy, this ain't the church today. <laughs> we'll just let anybody. It doesn't matter. Where'd you get ordained from? I got ordained right off the internet. <laughs> oh, I had some fun preaching that. There's a pile of idiots around here running around with ordination papers that they got off the internet. Amen. Doing marriages all over the place. Calling themselves men of God alcoholics, drunkards, and everything else put on their little robe and stand in front of everybody saying, oh, this is what the Word of God said. No, you're an idiot. Everybody all right? This is being recorded, ain't it? 
good. Praise God. I hope it gets out there. Share it. We've lessened it. Doesn't matter. We're not after a man of God. We're after somebody that will appease our need to have convenience. We want it easy. We want it our way. Burger King tapped into it. Have it your way right away. I need somebody to help me. Oh, yeah. Pull in the Burger King. I don't want that. With, I don't want no pickles on that. Please don't put no lettuce on that. I don't want any onions on that. And then you get your hamburger and it's got pickles, lettuce, onions, and everything else on it. And they're standing there, and there in the kitchen going, watch this. Watch this idiot when they pull down there. They go hit the brakes right there before they get out. <laughs> they come running back in there. Hey, I didn't order it like that. We'll fix it. Here you go. <laughs> We want convenience. Listen to me. We are living in a day and time where all Christians want is to be able to serve in convenience. Man, I, I didn't even know this was going to preach this good, but it is. We come into church. I'm ready, preacher. Bless me. If you can. I need somebody to help me. You know what? That chair ain't that comfortable. Let me go try this chair over here. Is that hot in here to y'all? It's hot to me. Hey, bro, Matt. Music's too loud. You think you could turn it down? I mean, I know I'm only one person speaking here, but I'm sure everybody else thinks like I do. <laughs> I'm cold, preacher. I'm cold. Well, if you exerted as much energy as I did, you'd be sweating like I am right now. So what that tells me is you ain't worshiping enough. We want our convenience. Temperature's got to be right. The padding in the seat's got to be right. Where we sit has to be right. Bless God, somebody sit in our seat. Who do they think they are? Now, preacher, I don't mind coming to church here, but that section over there is mine. I laid claim to it the first time I come to church. Man, we built this church, and I, I never wanted pews. Everybody like, y'all need to put pews in it. Pews just say, I'm there forever. I'm like, that's exactly what I don't want it to say. Amen. They said, preacher, we're going to do chairs. I said, yeah, we're going to do chairs. They said, hey, preacher, let's do this. I got a good fundraiser. Why don't everybody buy a chair? Because y'all would take your chair when you left. I need somebody to help me. Bless God, I'm tired of him. I'm just... I am not putting up with this anymore. The music is too loud. It's too cold in here. He preaches too long. 
taking my chair and I'm leaving. I got to get my I got to get my wife's chair too because she ain't carrying it out. <laughs> this is where we are. We read about Jeroboam and we see what Jeroboam's doing. And we say, how could Jeroboam do that? But we are doing that ourselves. Amen. It's all about our convenience. Right. Let's have it our way. The Bible literally says that Jer- Jeroboam did as he devised in his own heart. Boy, is that not the picture of the church today? I'm going to serve God how I want to. I'll decide how I'm going to worship God. I'm going to decide when I worship God. I'm going to decide where I worship God. I'm going to decide how I worship. The apostasy. Here's the danger, y'all. We can all be Jeroboam's. We can all be Jeroboam's. We see his appointment. We see his assurance. We see his apostasy. But I want you to notice his annihilation. Because we think, oh, what Jeroboam, what happened to Jeroboam? God cut him off. God cut him off. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says in uh, chapter 14, verse number 9, but has done evil. Above all that were before thee. That's what God said about Jeroboam. Let's go to verse 8. Go to verse 8, Miss Carrie, and then we'll read down to that one, all right? Verse 8. And rent the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to thee. This is talking about Jeroboam. And yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandment and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes. Now verse number 19. But hast done evil. Above all that were before thee. We're talking about Saul. The one who went to a witch. The one that tried to kill David over and over again. The one that had an evil spirit on him. God says about Jeroboam, he's done evil above all that were before thee. For thou hast gone and made the other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and hast cast me behind thy back. Therefore, behold, I will bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam and will cut off from Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel and will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as a man taketh away dung till it all Till it be all gone. This is what God said. Not only am I going to kill you, but I'm going to kill everybody in your family. Your name, God promised him he'd make a sure house out of him. But because he chose to go against God, to create religion in his own way, God said, not only am I going to deal with you and I'm going to take you out, but there's going to be nothing left of your name. I need somebody to hear me and I'm done. Parents, we are playing with fire. When we make church and everything about it, about convenience, and we change the way we're doing things, we change the place of worship, the, the, the order of worship, the object of worship, the occasion of worship. When we, when we start making up things in our own life, in our own religion for convenience, there's some children behind us. There's some children that are watching And what you do today, they will do and multiply tomorrow. Does everybody understand what I'm saying right here? In other words, your occasional visit to the church 
will be them never coming to the church. A man that had a promise of a sure house. A man that had a promise of God's blessings. He deserted God. And God dealt with not only him, but his entire lineage. Listen to me. I'm not saying God's going to punish you, kill you, or anything else. But I'm saying the decisions that you make today will affect your children grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and for you that are sitting in here that are real young, y'all think, oh, no, 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 that ain't never going to happen. I don't even listen to me. When you're my age and you're watching two little grandbabies run around the church, you keep on. If we keep on, if we keep on with this, this, this religious, convenient religion, we'll get to a place where there ain't no youngins running around the church. Be a bunch of old people laying on the altar crying and saying, boy, I sure wish my grandbabies was here. I sure wish their mama and daddy would get saved. I sure wish my grandbabies would get saved. I'd love to see my great-grandchildren in this church. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that we was chosen by God just like Jeroboam. We was given some promises by God just like Jeroboam. But you and I are going to have to make the decision, are we going to walk with God? Are we going to have the spirit of Jeroboam? He says, I'm going to make up my own way to worship, and I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Because if we choose that path, Dalton, come to the piano. We'll find out at the end of our lives, we'll be looking back saying, what happened to my kids? Why aren't my children sitting in church? Why aren't my grandchildren here? Heads bowed with me. Come to the altar. How about that? Let's just fall out on the altar tonight. Every one of us had some little bit of a spirit of Jeroboam in our life that's crept up somewhere, somehow, whatever. Let's fall out on our face tonight. Get with God. Confess. Knowing that we have a promise from God that He'll forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Restore us. Mamas, daddies. Why not purpose in your heart tonight? I'm not going to let this happen to me and my family. There's been times where it's been about my convenience. There's been times where it's been about what I want. But God, I'm not going to let this ruin my family. Our churches need to hear this. Our community needs to hear this. Our country needs to hear this. Because the spirit of Jeroboam still exists today. God's given us a domain. He's given us a promise. Out of the lust of our own heart and the desires of our own heart, we have devised our own religion. We have made up a God whom we can serve like we want to serve Him when we want to serve Him, how we want to serve Him. Done our best to make worship convenient for me. God help us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for tonight. 
Lord, I thank you for this place that we can gather together and worship that you put your name on. A place I know your name is on, God, because your presence is here all the time. A place, Lord, where we gather together and meet with you in oneness with your word. Lord, I pray for the families of this church, every mama, every daddy, every grandma, every grandpa, Lord, every teenager, every young adult, married or unmarried, God, I pray tonight they know that they've been chosen by you. God, they've been appointed. They've been chosen by you. God, you've given them a domain. Their life, their area of life, you've given them the opportunity with a promise, Lord, that if they'll follow you and they'll serve you, God, your blessings will be upon them. Lord, there's a spirit of Jeroboam that still works today. It's still in our churches today. It's in our community. It's in our country. It's in our lives. We can't get away from it. And that spirit is a spirit of convenience. We want it our way. We want it just like we want it. We don't want to be inconvenienced. We don't want to have to sacrifice. We don't want to have to put any effort into worship. And the more we make things easier now, the farther our children and our grandchildren will be away from you. God, I pray, Lord, that you put a, put a hedge of protection around these families that are represented around this altar in this room. Lord, lead us and guide us. Lord, bring us to an expected end. Lord, help us to be like David. To have a heart for you. To obey you. Lord, to perform your commandments and your statutes. And not waver from them. God, may it be said of us when we die that we served you as David served you. Not be turned aside as Solomon was to other idols, other worship, like Jeroboam was to convenience. I thank you for tonight, Lord. I pray that you bless us. Lord, as we go our separate ways, God, we'll be sure to give you all the honor, glory, and the thanks for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>